Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Nickish. You got your boy Mo here alongside Nafi and Faiz. And uh, with the playoffs going on, uh, Nafi, you know what season it, it still is, though? Oh, it's Nick season year-round. I hope you, I hope you realize. Uh, I, I was or, talking about that. I was talking about hoodie season. It oh, is still it's still bad, hoodie bad, season in New York. I, I know it's a little hot today, but this week's weather is completely up and down. It's like 60s there, 70s there. You can still rock a nice Nickish hoodie today. Uh, it is the cleanest hoodie you could wear if you're a Knicks fan. I'd highly recommend it. You go check it out right now on nick-ish.com. Get yourself a hoodie and a hat. And uh, keep an eye out because we have more coming along real, real soon. So More more, more summer-appropriate uh, gear. Let's say mm-hmm. put it at that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it'll a be a short guys. wait. Uh, uh, I, I guess so. <laughs> 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 What's going on with you, bro? How you doing today? All right, man. Uh, happy to have you back. You know what I mean? Seeing uh, you well-rested after your uh, vacay. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, let's get to it, man. Got uh, got playoffs to talk about. Got a few Knicks items to talk about. Nothing major, but a couple interesting notes. Uh, let me pass it to Faiz, bro. How you doing, Faiz? I'm feeling good. Nice to have Mo back, you know, with his pimp walk, cane walk, you know, all that. All that. So I, I want to say glad to have him back in one piece. But low-key, did we get him back in one piece? I don't, it's a hell I don't of a trip. Know. You leave, come back with a cane and a pimp walk. You know what I mean? Turn into Franklin from Snowfall, man. That's like, saying, man. Yo, that's how it's feeling like. That's what it was feeling like. It's a story for another day. We'll let, we'll let the audience guess why, why Mo suddenly has a cane now. Franklin dropped the cane. I picked it up. <laughs> Roll with it. <laughs> Brought it back so, to New York. Let's stop. That speaking of New York, speaking of New York, let's start off with item one. Um, Mo Bamba. I don't know if y'all know. <laughs> apparently a Harlem, New York native. You know what I mean? If you That's told that. me like a month ago we would be starting a pod with Mo Bamba, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> yeah, because I would have been like, that song is getting airplay again. Is Shaq West back? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, apparently he he was having some uh, Instagram, you know, IG as the kids say shenanigans. He was uh. What do you say? He was on like uh, a. He was commenting on. Yeah, Donovan yeah, yeah. Mitchell's live. Yeah, and he was just like, "Yo, come to the Knicks or whatever or some shit like that." Or, he was saying, "He was saying, come home," and then he said, "Knicks." Ah, okay, like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the Gen Z. Uh, Yo, I was I, bro. You know I mean? That shit got me hype. If I if I'm be honest, I'm not even. I don't even like Mobamba like that, but Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> I don't even think the Mobama song got people hype as much as like this Mobama news got Knicks fans hype. For what? I mean, I guess it's look. I got no hate against his game, but like stretch five. Yeah, yeah I guess. But yeah, Mo, Mo, what do you think? What do you make of this whole this whole little little thing that I, happened? I just can't put that much stock into. I feel like the last person who will have any sort of intel on what the front office organizations are going to do yeah. is Mobamba of yeah. all people. Like this man is not Mohammed Bamba. <laughs> he, <laughs> Like, I, I, I just can't put, put much stock into it. I think he's probably trolling the fans. Everyone knows how Knicks fans are and how we overreact yeah. no matter yeah, but what. Bro, but, bro, he's from Harlem, though. So he obviously knows. He, he <laughs> obviously right. knows. You You're right. Who, who are we? <laughs> right. So Who are we to say? You know what I, mean? I mean, his game is good. And, like, well, I think we're talking about two different things here. If we're interested in signing him when he's a free agent or if he thinks that 
there's some kind of play here with, with Donovan Mitchell possibly being traded to the Knicks. Either way, the fact that we're starting a whole podcast over this thing is kind of is kind of wild to me because I just can't put much stock into it. I, I couldn't get hyped over it. I just thought it was like, yo, this is another player trying to do Knicks for clicks because now his name is probably mentioned more. This is probably the most Mo Bamba's name has been mentioned since 20, what was it, 17, 18? That's when, what I mean. He's getting more love came now out. than he's gotten in Orlando for the last four years. To be exactly. Real, so he – you know these players might just want the quick click and just just a quick little uh, clout. You know what I mean? And he he got exactly that. I whether the Knicks target him is a different story, and we can get into that if we'd like. But as far as what he was intending, I think he was just trying to trying to troll and maybe say that he maybe he thinks that the Knicks should go after Donovan Mitchell, and that's why he was saying. He's speaking it. as a fan, he's, as he's a fan, diehard Knicks fan. You know what I mean? Happens yeah. to be on the Orlando Magic payroll. I see it. I see exactly. It. You, I don't you, think he's talking about himself. I don't think he's. I don't think he's even allowed to talk about himself <laughs> to the Knicks. Technically, he's a restricted free agent already. I think so. Maybe he's you know he's flirting with other teams. But yeah, no, nah, you're right. I we thought it was July first. I thought Wednesday it's July because that's that's kind of. Sort of tampering, but like either way, we're spending too I much. I mean, I, I think tamper usually tamper tamper usually works yeah. on like the team, yeah. yeah but I mean, players they can't they get fine for tampering. In general, I feel like um, instead of talking more about like the gossip part of it, we should talk about like the basketball fit with Mobamba. Like if it's actually a a chance that he ends up on the team, because you know a lot of fans are clamoring and going crazy for Miles Turner, and we kind of get like not Miles Turner, but like great value Miles Turner in terms of a stretch five with Mobamba. Uh, I think if Nerlens Noel, like, well, first let's talk about Mo Bamba with the Magic. He definitely has one foot out the door. I, I don't see him coming back because since he's been drafted, he's been kind of playing behind, like, Vucevic, Jonathan Isaac. Now they got Wagner in there. And they also have, like, a top, they have the number one pick. So Wendell either, Carter. Wendell Carter is yeah. playing better than him. He's looking Wendell like Carter. A, they they re-signed down. Wendell Carter, too. They gave exactly. Wendell Carter his money. And then, yeah, Chet, Chet will most likely go one, if not him, Jabari, who's, a power forward, but you see the NBA now. Power forwards are being played at the five and whatnot on every team besides the Knicks. Apparently, everyone got the 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 five at uh, the four as a five. So I feel like Mo Bamba has his foot out the door no matter what. But in terms of like a Knicks Knicks fit, um, the only way I, I'd see it working, like I, I really do want to keep Mitchell Robinson. I don't think Mo Bamba would be the ideal starter for the Knicks. But the way the Knicks have been utilizing the center position, I could see Mo Bamba being the guy because. Not a lot of usage, you know, probably just have him shoot a few uh, threes. But if Nerlens Noel is out, I would love for Mobamba to be the replacement because yeah. it gives some more versatility with, with the centers. Because right now we have all three centers, all the same type of player. Rim yeah, running yeah. rim running centers, that's it. But now if you could have like a that's stretch a five, not, not a bad Yeah, and I think like that point kind of brings up like what he would bring in on the basketball-wise. Yeah, that stretch five potential as a shooter, right? And I feel like maybe this... If the front office actually does have an interest in Mobamba, I think it's their way of kind of like, like you know, if Tibbs is so rigid and stuck in his ways, as we always say, if he prefers and he, like, is demanding, he always has a big man on the floor, maybe the front office is like, all right, let's get you a big man that can at least shoot. You know what I mean? Like, now... Part of the youth movement, too. Like, exactly, you know, instead of an yeah, old guy yeah. like Nerlens Noel, we get Mobamba on the door. Like. Yeah, and if that jump shot at least develops to a Miles Turner-esque level, which is not like a knockdown shooter, but he's respectable out there at this point. You yeah, know he's mean? a pretty that good really shooter from what I remember. Yeah, he's yeah, a solid and shooter. Like, yeah, and then it'll help the young kids, like especially RJ, IQ, these playmakers that need that space, you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to, like, I mean, I love Mitch. You know I mean, I think there's great value in rim running and, like, the pressure he puts on the rim, but there's also that added element with Mobamba shooting, you know, so... I don't, I'm still I still prefer Mitch, but I'm not gonna be mad if like oh no no way Mo Bamba could be the starter. There's no way okay. in my because because I think I think his range salary wise I think he might be looking for like eight to ten million, which I guess 
Could he's not going to get that. Could I'll be good enough to replace that. Noel because Noel's definitely ma- – how much is Noel making now? He Almost like 10. Fucking highway robbery. But yeah, like I think 10. as much as we want to get rid of Noel, though, it's also like Noel's the one that's still in the contract and Mitch isn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's right. like I'm thinking it's even more realistic that like, yeah, Mo Bamba may not be ideal starter, but – I think it'll be like a platoon situation. I mean, Mo Bamba, Noel, and then Sims oh, yeah. being like that trifecta. And I can't be mad at that, you know what I mean? Because if the front office is pursuing him, maybe because that's my conspiracy theory thing, and it's just like Mo Bamba's like on there on IG because like his representation is already in talks with our front office. Because you know I mean? that tampering shit happens. You know what I mean, that's the whole reason we got Wes and Leon to do these whispers behind closed doors. So I don't know. But uh, I mean, like I, I, mean, I said, <laughs> we spent already spent too much time on Mo Bamba unless Mo has any thoughts just on this. Just one, one last thought. If. If we're considering Mo Bamba from a basketball perspective, I get it. I just don't think we should be pushing hard for him just because he's a New Yorker. People are saying, yo, bring, bring, bring him back. Bring him back home. But like, he's Mo Bamba. You know what I mean? Like, bring him back home. <laughs> Works for Donovan Mitchell, not Mo Bamba. Yeah. His, his on-court game is good. You know, the knockdown shooter, I definitely respect. But his motor is – I saw a tweet and – Big I, question mark. It's, it's a big question mark. Someone's like, yo, he's like a seven-foot Kevin Knox. As far as motor goes, and like I don't think it's to that extent, but like his motor is an issue. Nerlens Noel, when he's on the court, has a very high motor, which is why he was highly valued during that one season. But that that motor on a Knicks team, if Thibodeau is going to be the coach, is going to be a problem if he can't bring it up. And as a young kid, he should have been doing that in his four seasons in Orlando. He didn't really do it. That's the fair point I'm gonna make in rebuttal. Though, it's like, would you have a motor if you played in Orlando for four years and you were a New Yorker? <laughs> uh, honestly, trying to also, get the bag. Yeah. Also, he he played behind like Vucevic, like a bunch mm. of centers. Like the, the Orlando Magic did not handle him well. But but that being said, I'm not clamoring for Mo Bamba. Like exactly, this isn't yeah. this isn't like yeah. get Mo Bamba yeah. on the team or something. Exactly, but yeah, I think hey, we're like, like it'll be nice to have it. It'd be yeah. cool. It'd be yeah. interesting. Like switch up the. It'd be just. I'd say it'd be more interesting because I feel like it adds more like. Just, just a little bit more offensive schemes yeah. to, to our game because mm. no matter – like the only thing Nerlens Noel and Mitch that ha- has differently is Mitch is a much better offensive player. Noel is maybe a little bit – like when he really has it going on defensively, he really has it going on. Mobamba just adds something completely different with the shooting at the five. But, you know, there's a lot of trade-offs there too. You know, like rebounding goes down, which obviously is something that the Knicks are like really big on. That's why they have three rim-running centers, you know. So. Yeah, be interested to see how it unfolds. Unfolds, but um, if we're ready to move off of Mo, Let's I think there's a more Let's prominent name that was in the r- rumor mill. Um, courtesy of the New York Post, and y'all know how I feel about that. But apparently, uh, the Knicks will be interested in pursuing Malcolm Brogdon, uh, which you know, obviously, we've discussed because you know we're the non-experts that do have some expertise here. So we discussed like that Julius from Malcolm Bro- Brogdon um trade-off, but. I saw some Pacers writers and bloggers, like fans, really. In the, I didn't know Pacers Twitter was a thing, but hey, learn something <laughs> new every day. I didn't know they had internet back, you know, bumblefuck. But um, I guess Larry Bird really came through with that. But um, with that being said, they was all saying like, you know, they wanted some uh, outrageous kind of bounty for Brogdon. I saw Obi Toppin thrown around for Pacers fans. I saw yo, we need that eleventh overall pick. I was like, yo, you're gonna take Julius Randle, be okay with it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Neither one, neither side should be like, you know what I mean, c- clamoring for big bounty on either end for Julius or Brogdon. I feel like so that's my take. But how y'all feel about the Brogdon rumor? Let me throw to Mo first. Yeah, uh, I mean, back back here, need to hear them takes, bro. I know. You know, in prior episodes, I was very high on Brogdon, but, you know, I had a chance to dig a little deeper into him. And he hasn't played more than 64 games since 2016. That shows six years ago. Yeesh. 64 games. Like, he, I, I, it might be that he's missing the most amount of games. As He's definitely one of the top five players who's missing the most amount of games, and that's not something you really want to 
look out for it's something you definitely want to look out for as a guy who's about to hit you know hit like what 31 i think randall is a better player than brockton just because he's on the court a lot more and he brings more value to a team just from that fact and he was all nba just two seasons ago you know what i mean like let's if we're if we're going to be unbiased here and not think from like a knicks fan perspective he was all nba 13 he was an all-star just a season ago um he did have a down season this year, but he we seen what he's capable of. I think I think we need to value him higher than we've been doing. And I think between him and Brogdon, Randall has a higher value. I would be okay with even maybe pursuing and I, I know what the Pacers writers are, are writing, but the Pacers have a top ten pick themselves. And maybe if we can kinda of do like a switcheroo there where we do Randall and eleven plus Brogdon and whatever picks they have, I think it's like seven or eight, and then add a, maybe add in a sweetener if, if most people think that Randall's lower value. Maybe we throw in a second rounder, but I think that kind of pick is fairly even on both sides, and they get a guy who's on, who's going to be on the court. And for us, we're going to put in a gamble on a guy who will hopefully be on the court and play at a level that we hope they can play at. So I, I I'm I'm kind of devaluing Brogdon a little bit more than I have in pre previous episodes, but I still like that that guy on the team. I mean, I was just going to jump in and say like I, I, not vehemently, but I do disagree with saying Julius has more value. But let me let me get fight let, let mm-hmm. let's see what Fai's off first, and then I guess we could engage with that because I I disagree, but you know. I mean, nothing. I think we got the cerebral link, bro. I, I got to talk for you because that, that's how I'm feeling too. Like, God, uh, I, I, I'm with you. Too. I'm still with you, Mo. I'm still with you with uh, Brogdon's value is definitely not what we made it to be a few weeks ago. We are definitely getting hyped. But I, I really do think that a value at a c- certain position brings brings more value. You know, like Malcolm being, Brogdon being a, a point guard, he does bring more value on the court than Julius, even though Julius plays more games. Also, uh addition by subtraction you get julius out of the out of the way you get more obi top in minutes malcolm brogdon's in the door and i think we've talked about this a few times where yeah we know we always known malcolm brogdon's issues uh, in terms of playing time being on the court but we got derrick rose we got iq like we have some guard like some guard depth and like you know we could make something work even if malcolm brogdon's out now where i'm concerned with malcolm brogdon is a lot of a lot of things i've been hearing from pacers fans in terms of when brogdon and halliburton share the court together the few times they have it seems as though brogdon is the one who's fully trying to run the offense kind of icing out the rest of his teammates and that's not something i want on my team so that's what I'm a little bit more concerned about because obviously we're more worried about the development of our young players. We want to see RJ run the offense a lot more. We want to see quickly get more involved. So he, he is a 30-year-old. That, that That's where it concerns me. But in terms of a team fit, I think Brogdon fits our mold pretty well in terms of Tibbs point guard. He can shoot, can guard multiple defensive, uh, multiple positions. And I think we're seeing RJ's defense defense fall back a little bit because he doesn't have another guy like Reggie Bullock to guard the best wing defense uh, wing player on the other team. And if we bring Brogdon in, he could maybe make RJ's job a little bit easier. So if it's a straight up swap for Julius for Brogdon, I- I'm gonna say yes, man. I w- I want to see Julius off this team. So I, I would say too. Don't don't get me wrong. If that's what it comes down to, I'm I'm just saying straight swap. Straight swap. I'm okay with. I'm saying that if. People are trying to give up a lot more for no, Brogdon. No, 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 no. Because no. they they're like, yo, give Randall there's, and two second round picks. There's no for, other for Brogdon. trade. I don't think that's off, a fair trade. E- even if it do, like, I think picks, is I that think the really only a lot more though. That's the thing. Only, a lot if, more if that's to what me they is need. Like the lotto pick or a first rounder, but two second round picks is like that's a sweetener because my point, like, fair point that a lot of what Faiz was saying, I, I fuck with it. And I'm gonna kind of piggyback off and like his main point being like the value inherently is higher with Brogdon just because, as he said, and we kind of covered before, 
getting Julius out of here puts the rest of our youngins in better places, better roles. And Brogdon, in that regard, just by default, would have more value to us than Julius. You know what I mean? And I just think Brogdon's always been a more high-value commodity than Julius because, you know, like you brought up the All-NBA. That's fair. But it's also like that was his best year, and it's a fluke year, bro, because it was obviously a COVID no fans in the arena season, and you go through, like, his entire track record, like, Julius' shooting has never even touched those heights in that season. And then this season, that that brought upon the frustration because he went back to being who he was. He just, like, you know, to Faiz's point about Brogdon pissing off Pacers fan by icing people out, I mean, we're kind of familiar with that, too, with Julius, right? Don't get me wrong. So it's like I'd rather have, like, a point guard that wants to be a point guard as opposed to a point forward. That Better really defensive be. player, too, by exactly. the way. I'd, r- I'd rather have that than a point forward that likes to, like, slog and bog the game down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Brogdon, like, here's the thing. Like, I, I, at first on the surface level, I'm going I'm to kind of agree with you, Faiz, and that, like, it's not really a good indicator if, if Brogdon wants to, to, you know, be the point guard, take the ball out of our young playmaker's hands. But – We've already seen IQ kind of be like perform best when he's playing in that backcourt with D Rose. You know what I mean? And I think it's going to be a situation where you know Brogdon's going to come to this team in this hypothetical Julius for Brogdon swap. He's got these youngins. You know what I mean? The Ty Halliburton situation was a little different because he is you know as a prospect he's supposed to be like that point guard maestro take over IQ, Brogdon's role exactly. But like IQ is more of a scorer. You know I mean not to say you know not to denigrate IQ. We're all high on him. We all think he has that point guard potential. But I feel like at least at this early portion, like this first year or two with Brogdon, it would be a benefit to IQ in RJ's game because he provides off-ball spacing with his shooting. Like you said, he can defend the backcourt, like point guard, shooting guard. Maybe not point guard because he's a little bigger and he doesn't seem to have the quicks. You know what I mean? Wings. But I'd exactly, say. Yeah, wings too. Exactly. And like, yeah, I mean, I just think like I, th- I just be, like fundamentally disagree with like Julius being more high value. And I think I'm looking at it as objective as I can because, you know, to be fair, I was the one that brought up the injury concerns of Brogdon, the Brogdon, the last time we discussed him. You know what I mean? So, like, that's fair. Like, availability is a crucial ability. But if Julius is available all the, all the time and he's just make just to make this more mad each time, I'm not going to, like, value that more than, like, you know, Brogdon injury history. That's my takeaway. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I, what do you think, bro? Yeah, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with his on-court ability and probably his better cohesion and chemistry with the Knicks versus Randall. I, I'm I'm speaking as like a salesperson if I were the Knicks front <laughs> office because like Randall's averaging ten more games a season at least you know what I mean like if we're I I don't think there's that much of a disparity between their levels as some people are making it out to be where they're ready to give up a lot more with Randall to get Brogdon who plays on average at least ten to fifteen less games than Randall well, yeah, that that brings up the question I brought up though what is a lot more then you know if what it's two mean? seconds I don't think that's a lot more a first yeah that's a lot more. But I don't think I've seen anybody really say, like, aside from Pacers fans saying, like, yeah, we need a first and Julius from Brogdon. You know what I mean? I'm, I think it would be, like, kind of a situation with Julius and seconds. Or what pick does the Pacers have? Like, seven, eight? Somewhat. Seven or eight, one or the other. Uh, no, nah, I think seven is Portland. So, Blazers got to be, like, nine, eight, or whatever the fuck. Like, if mm-hmm. it's, like, a swap where, like, we swap our lotto for their lotto with Julius and Brogdon, I'm not even going to be mad at that. No, no, I, oh, that's, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. That's, that's what I, that's, that's be, that's that'd be the fucking yeah, goal. No, I'm that's what I'm going Because the, the, yeah. the, you're but also like, the Jaden Ivey sweepstakes, technically, because yeah. we yeah, don't so know. Well, like, like, Randall, Randall and 11 for Brogdon, I think, no, is not no reasonable way. at all. But there are people who are saying that they would I don't even think the second round pick is reasonable. I think, like, anything outside of Randall for Brogdon straight swap doesn't make sense because it works contract-wise. It works in terms of player fits. Like, you got they're just trying to, like, squeeze more 
lot of us, and we can just we know how this. That's uh, what I'm trying to say. So yeah. So are are we are we just going in circles here? No, no, no. I think I think we're agreeing. I think we're agreeing. I'm just saying, where did this Julius and Eleven for Brogdon like? Is because that didn't come with the report. So are like, are you putting like weight in like what fans are trying to like give up for Brogdon? I thought Faye said earlier that there were reports from Pacer guys that no, I was saying somebody. No, I was saying that. Literally, that was me saying Pacer's Twitter is going off the deep end. That's not a report. That's me clowning their fans. Okay, that's that's what I was saying. I was just like, oh, it, that makes no, but no like sense. you were saying before even I got to that, that like you don't want to give too much from. So I'm just literally trying. That's to give that's too much. much. I, I'm with that's Mo with though. Yeah. I'm still with Mo though. I, even if it means a second round pick, like I know I don't. I, I'm the cheap one here. I'm always like I don't want to give up the second round picks and stuff. But I just like I like Brogdon, but I don't like him so much that I'm like. Let, let's get rid of assets to get this guy so on our let team. Let me you ask know? this then. So, like, then this, then this brings the question. So, Brogdon for Julius in, like, two seconds. Y'all are both saying that's I'm too off much? That. Yeah, I'm off that. Really? All right. Yeah. Mode. I think you could utilize those two seconds in, in, uh, in other places. I don't like we, Brogdon that much. What we've seen for our front office, though, they stockpile the seconds as sweeteners for these little deals. You right, know what I mean? right. Maybe so one a, se- a second-round picks are literally in the NBA, from what we've seen from history. The whole purpose of attaining them is for deals like sweeteners, this. Sweeteners, yeah. Little sweeteners, you know what I mean? They're yeah. not stocking up second round picks because like yo we're gonna have all these international prospects. Nah, they're doing it because for future deals and I feel like this is one of those future deals that's like currently in the present now. I think there needs know, to be a deal this like summer. There needs to be a deal this a summer no matter what. If there's nothing better than if there's no better player that we can get with a second round pick than Brogdon, I would execute that. But if if there's a potential other player that we can go after this summer, if there's no one else this summer but Brogdon, I'll I'll execute that. Well, that's yeah, the thing. That How trade. are you weighing the second round pick? Is the second round pick going to be a crucial asset in a bigger deal for a star? That's my thing. I think that the very idea here is the false uh, valuing of the second round pick. You know what I mean? If if Mitchell's out, if Mitch, if Donovan Mitchell is out, and well, that conversation you with could Donovan use that Mitchell, in a Jalen Brunson trade. You could use that in a few things. Well, those but are sweeteners, right? That's like yeah, that's why so many seconds. You know what I mean? You, you could throw in two seconds instead of. I'll give one second rounder at least. Second round picks. I gotta think about it a bit more when it's two second rounders. I could, I could do one. I could do one, but I'm not really like. I'm we not jumping second at rounds for Billy Hernan Gomez. I don't think y'all are realizing what the worth of second round picks in NBA really is. We still got those picks. I thought I thought we'd been used that like. No, Here's but I'm saying that's what the value is. Mm-hmm. Billy Hernan Gomez got a two second round picks, and now you're saying two second round picks in a deal that would swap out Julius for Brogdon is too much. I'm trying to. I, I also just do think Julius's value, like I, I think it's good enough where I think it's fair for Brogdon. Like he does play the games. He's averaging twenty ten and six. I just think we shouldn't have to throw in two second round picks when you're giving up, like Mo said, you know, a recent All NBA well, player. My thing like, is these, these front offices. They watch the same game we do. So they all know why Julius's value was down. So those two seconds in my hypothetical situation would be to balance out the, the deterioration of his value of the season. You know what I mean? And to me, those two seconds are exactly as going to be used for exactly what they're here for. Sweeteners as like I mean, to sheesh, make bro, his, his, Even with his value going down, he still averages like 20, 10, and 6. And like, I, I know that's not, those are just numbers at the end of the day, but the, his efficiency is horrible though. And it's, like, he's literally it's a, the worst jump shooting, high it's volume. It's a hole the Pacers the league, need to though. fill though. It's a pace. It's it's, it's a it's a void they need to fill with a point guard that they already have. You know, right? So they're we have a void at guard position too. You know what I mean? That's why when you got when Mo brought up objectivity, that's the thing. We can't say we need to look at it objectively and then here say like we had to cling to these two second round picks because Utah might want them for Donovan Mitchell. Are you kidding me? Because like that idea itself seems ridiculous. These second round picks and star deals. They don't get mentioned unless it's like a tweet from Woj two days after a star deal happened. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's fair. The 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 Clippers got X Y Z pick in twenty thirty eight. 
That's two fair, but round, you know what I mean? uh, again, That's I, I, the very idea that two second round picks is like a deal breaker in a scenario. I don't. Where, I think it's. Gonna... I think it's just a deal breaker for this Brogdon. Like I don't think Brogdon is that like. Again, like if he's missing sixty games, like I mean, not missing sixty games. He's only playing like sixty games. Like I just like I I I, I know what you're trying to say. I feel like that. I would rather use those picks towards something else. I just don't think Brogdon is the answer. Yeah, but there's something else is a mystery box in this scenario. I'm saying in this hypothetical yeah. situation, there's no way these two second-round picks in a hypothetical deal for Brogdon is too much is what I'm saying because I don't see the logical reasoning in that. You know what I mean? Like, I just – I don't know. I, I don't think I value Brogdon that much. That, that's all it is. Like, that's the thing. I don't value him too much. That's why I'm literally saying Julius and two second-round picks, that's a dirt bag offer. You know what I mean? Like, as much shit we talked about Julius, as much shit I talked about Julius this season, that's telling you how little I view Julius. But I know that the value Brogdon will bring just by getting swapping Julius out and Obi could get all those minutes. No, I mean, I think I think me, it's I'm a seeing, fair swap. I get what you're saying. Yeah. For me, I it's like you. two seconds to make sure that Obi gets put in the prime position and our young players actually have a point guard that could help them. You know what I mean? Like, I'll pay that. I'll pay that price. Think about it. Think about all the times we was pissed at Julius this season and think to yourself, like, if I had two but seconds. But then we're, we're throwing, like, we're giving up two seconds to get off Julius's contract, basically. Which I just, that just seems kind of like. Well, it's not uh, even that. It's two, it's two seconds to also swap him for a player that fits better, as we all agree he does. He right? does Ron? fit better. He does fit better. But, so again, I think he fits with the paces, like, too, you know? Uh, yeah, but the two seconds here would just be. I think it's just them milking us then. You know, it's just kind of like, it's like. It, is it, it milking or is I, it really? I feel like it's something like Steve Mills would be like, yeah, let's do this right now. But I feel like the way Steve Leon Mills Rose throw is. Steve first round pick and somehow yeah, get D'Angelo Russell involved. I, I feel deal. like Leon Rose. This is Rose, literally two second round picks to overcome the negative value Julius has gotten. You know what I mean? For Brogdon, who's always had good value since he came into the league. It's Julius a different. Wasn't see, yeah. No, I, I, I hear what I'm saying. Acid until a, a fluke season. It's a little different from the Steve Mills era because we actually have a player for every position now. So. Malcolm Brogdon will finally fill in that void that we have at the point guard, assuming we keep Mitchell yeah, exactly. Robinson and, and we have a but power he's still forward. Another we have a shooting guard. We have guard. a small. We got Cam. We got RJ. We got we got Fournier. It would, we would, we would have it goes, a, we would it goes have everything filled out. 30-year-old point guard, and then the rest of everyone else is 25, 24, 20. Like, you get me? Like, it's like he's not in our timetable, too. You know, we're swapping. Like, that's I mean, why that's, I feel like a, a fair even D-Rose swap makes it make sense. Or whatever the fuck he is but, right now. You know what but D-Rose is our bench player. He's not a but star. Then we already see, but then that goes to the very idea of, like, you're against what the front office has been doing for the last three years, which is getting the young kids and getting the vets to play with them. Because In that regard, okay, yeah, I get it. But, like, we're too yeah. far gone now. We know that the front office doesn't have an issue with, like, getting a 30-year-old to help supplement our rising young players. You know what I mean? So yeah. that in itself is a false premise to me. Because, like, how are we going to worry about Brogdon's timeline when – I feel like we, we all like Brogdon. I just feel like it's like what what extra stuff you're willing to give up for. And I feel like it just goes back to like how we are in terms of what we value. Like I feel like we've had this argument before where Nafi's more a little bit easier to give up second round picks and I'm like I'm always like holding on to second round picks and stuff. And I do right, get your, I get what you're when trying did, to say. When did second round picks dictate a blockbuster deal? This isn't a blockbuster deal, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, I, I just second think, round picks are meant for these deals to swap our trash for their trash because in hopes of the respective trashes fit better in the new situations. You know what I mean? That's what right. second round picks are for. I just feel like I would rather like I, like you could use that second round pick in a deal that gets you a player like, for example, Cam Reddish. You know, someone who has more up like you know can actually get better. Well, we just know who Malcolm Brogdon is. He's not going to get better from here. You yeah, know? but if we so. use these two second-round picks, we still have more second-round picks, and we could attain more second-round picks. This, this front office hasn't had an issue or problem getting more second-round picks when needed. That's yeah, I, I guess it just goes back to the mystery box thing. I, I'd rather do the mystery box than add Brogdon. I'm not that crazy for Brogdon. I'm just saying it sounds ridiculous to say, like, I like Brogdon, but I'm, I'm going to stop at a second-round pick. Like, what? <laughs> like, it makes I, I mean, again, you're saying... I, 
I think me and Moore are both saying one second round pick. Yeah, we'll, we're more likely to do All it. Right. Two second round two picks. Second is, round pi- it's a bit two much. Two second round picks. That's what we're stopping at. But then if we do that, we can just be like, oh, three second round picks. All the problems Julius brought this season, you guys are saying that was a headache. That was frustrating. My blood pressure went up, skyrocketed. But not two second round picks, that's where like, that's too much then, to get rid of that. But then it goes to like yeah. literally an idealized version of our lineup and our young players. That's ridiculous. No, <laughs> yo, yo, good job. I that's think legitimately you turned me. I, th- I think you turned me here. I get I get what you're saying, and I think I'm It's legitimately I'm ridiculous. Turning. I get what you're saying. I am appalled. If it's, and I'm not I, even I definitely like get it. where you're coming from. Second, it's if it's just gonna take two second round picks to finally get the kind of lineup that we get at the last ten games of the season without Randall on it and and a better point guard in Brogdon. And even if he's not on the court, we still get that lineup that we got those last five games with Obi and, and IQ rolling. I'm with it. I get it. I would. I mean, we're we're basically giving up two second round picks because the Knicks re-signed Randall, and it was a it was a well, bad contract. Well, you're gonna. That's what well, you should point. try you to. No, you should try to do it without the two second round picks and see if they'll bite. But if they're not gonna bite, and we have to give up two second round picks to get rid of Randall and get Brogdon in on that contract, I'll do it. No, and it's I just don't just see get... Leon Rose as that type of front office. That, that's no, my thing. Like, that, I'm saying you're misinterpreting what the deal is because we're not giving se- giving second round picks to get rid of Randall. We're get using second round picks to upgrade our roster because Brogdon isn't like some like schlub. It's not like we're trading second round picks to get Jared Jeffries here. You know what I mean? I know, but I, I don't think like if you're taking out Randall from our team and adding Brogdon, I don't think he like inherently makes us that much better of a team. That's what he I'm saying. He makes us better. He does because he's a point guard. You can't say we need a point guard and then we got a point guard here that would only require in a hypothetical scenario getting rid of a, a fake Max All-Star and Julius for an actual high IQ player. That's the biggest thing. We keep talking about that like, we have a read and react system but not the players for it. That's because the number one culprit of not being fit for a read and react op- option is the slow-footed, slow-processing power forward we have that thinks he's Carmelo in his prime from mid-range. Now we're going to have a high IQ fucking point guard that also has size who could fill, fulfill Tibbs' fetish for, like, having a big point guard. That's why he played Burks all the minutes. You know what I mean? And I feel like if we're all in agreement that, like, getting a point guard will help our young players, then I'm not seeing where the backtracking is coming from. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't feel like there's no – what deal is going to get us what, – what, what, what crazy deal is out there for these two second-round picks? I mean, like, what uh, I mean it, it's not. Picks? It's not. I'm saying like you could let's let's say instead of Brogdon, you use those two second round picks. And this was something I was against too before with Jalen Brunson. I feel like we had the same conversation. Where I was like, oh, I don't want to give up two extra second round picks for Jalen Brunson. But if if it's between Brogdon and Brunson, like I'd rather give up. I'd rather give up those picks towards a player that I can use for the next few years. Where Brogdon, how many years you think you're gonna get out of him? Like two, three. Well, he's, he's thirty. He's not forty. He's 30. You know what I mean? I mean, that's still a 30-year-old who's only playing 60 games a year. Like, it's already in a bad... You know, it's not... Yeah, and Rose le- is 34, and he could get with D-Rose. But again, show we're him, not... Like, the Pilates we're not, and the D- vegan diet D- that Rose got is, D-Rose more We're paying healthy. D-Rose, like, 15 mil. We're playing Brogdon, yeah. like, over 20 mil. Like, he's yeah, supposed but that's to be the, the point, starting right? point guard. Brogdon is in his prime. D-Rose is a vet six-man off the bench. And if you're talking about, like... that, I just brought up a solution to, like, his possible injury woes. The injury risk is going to be there, but the same way how D-Rose fixed his body and changed up his kind of... His, his, his conditioning, like, tactics to make sure that he stayed on the court more. You know what I mean? Brogdon could probably learn from that. You know what I mean? Like, eh, I'm not going to put my eggs into that basket. Like, I'm not going to just trust that Brogdon's going to come to our team and something's going to completely change them. Well, yeah, but I'm also not going to trust that Julius is ever going to get as high a Q as Brogdon. Oh, oh I'm not, but I'm not saying this to, like, oh, we have to hold on to Julius Randle. I just feel like in both ways – this is this is a swap that just works, and I feel like the Pacers just tr- are, are going to try to milk us, and I just feel like Leon Rose isn't 
He's not going to get stood up. Well, you know, he's... Thing. Milking isn't second-round picks. Second-round picks literally in the NBA for 50-plus years. This is what they're for. They're for these swaps as sweeteners. Because you know why we need a sweetener? For all the reasons why we've been shitting on Randall. You know what I mean? Right, right. I just but don't think Leon Rose is going to pay that price. I just think he's just too savvy to do something like that. Yeah, but it's not... Th- that's the, the the whole framing of it as a non-savvy to use second-round picks to improve your roster is false, is what I'm trying to say, bro. Like, I guess that's where we just disagree. This is this this, this has been the thing that we've been disagreeing. Yeah, but on. it's just like like what do we? Okay, so what has Leon Rose shown you that two second round picks? No, no, no I'm saying it's, it's but, but we're we're doing what it's the mystery box thing. Like I'd rather hold on to those second round picks for something that like let's say you'd give me a deal where I'm like. Yes, like I want that player on my team. I'll give up those what second I'm round picks. What I'm telling you is a fun, that's a fundamental misunderstanding with a second round pick. You don't hold on to second round picks. You I know, I know. Them, I'm, yes, I'm saying that's what that's where it's just that's just where we disagree. Like you have a value for second round picks. I just have a different. Yeah, but my value is rooted in the historical value of second round picks. Yeah, that's on you, bro. That, that's it's just a difference. Yeah, what I'm saying is like there's no like there's no. I there's no way you could convince me that like two second round picks and a swap of Julius for Bro- Malcolm Brogdon is too much because you've got people out here arguing that like they're ready throwing first. You know what I mean? No, I'm saying okay. Like, crazy, let, let's give know? an example. Let's say we can swap Julius for Anthony Simons, and you tell me I have to give up two second round picks there. I'm saying yes to that. I'm saying yes to that because that's a young player who's on the rise, and that, I feel like that's worth investing that into. I just feel that, like Brogdon. It, it's just not. It's not that, for that's me. That's even worse of a deal because yeah. On, and Freddie Simons, he's, he's a young player on the rise, but that's still got that mystery box element. He could be a young player on the rise that just had his best season and probably won't ever get better. Brogdon established track record. Right, but I feel yeah, like we, we established, like, I'm more into the mystery box. You're just against that. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it's no, just it's a, the mystery it's box just a divide. Thing. It's just like mystery box happens with first-round picks. Second-round picks, this is what they're for. You know what I mean? They're literally for these deals. That right, are, like, but I, I guess I'd rather doesn't use value it for a Malcolm different deal. Brogdon as highly yeah. as you do. That's what it is. Yeah, it's just valuing highly second round as I mean, that's... You guys sound ridiculous, bro. Plus, we also have all these youngins. What the fuck are we going to do with these second-round picks? We're going to draft more young kids not to get No, no time? one's saying to draft the pick players with them, bro. I'm saying instead of using the, the second-round picks like as a sweetener for a Brogdon deal, I'd rather use them as a sweetener for another deal. It just... Brogdon doesn't intrigue me that much. That's what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is this, uh, that both can happen is my point. You can use the seconds in a deal for Brogdon and still have more than enough for any other mystery box deal because you know why? Those seconds are easily attainable. Easily, we've seen it already. Three years in, two years into this front office of regime is my point, which goes to the very idea that f- they're not inherently valuable. They're I get you, but instead of like for me, it's like instead of like thinking of like oh what we can get later, I'm just gonna focus on what we have right now, and I can only manipulate what we have right now. So with those two second round picks, I would rather not deal it for Brogdon. I think I think we I think we're all. I feel like this is like a. It's y'all just two crazy. different sides, you know? It's just nah, two different crazy. sides. That's all this it is. This is just crazy talk. This is like literally <laughs> you go on an ESPN podcast and say like, no, these second round picks and a deal for Julius for Malcolm Brogdon, Zach Lowe would laugh in your face. <laughs> Damn, bro. Got to call up Zach Lowe right now and get that get that on writing. Nah, I got him on speed now. <laughs> I feel like this is this is something that's been like like building up for like a few weeks where like I feel like we had the same conversation with Brunson. No, 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 no. I just it's heard just... your second round the, the second round pick conversation early in this pod. I was like, this is ridiculous. No, no, Bob, that's what I'm trying this. to say. I feel like we we've had this conversation before, and I feel like this is it's just always been the divide where like we just value it differently. And you're probably right. Maybe NBA all of NBA looks at it one way, and you're you're right with it. It's just still how I I feel like. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You're entitled to your belief. You're entitled to your wrong belief. Exactly. The second round picks that have that. Uh, <laughs> you, you can go for it. You can say it's a wrong belief. It's, you literally saw second round picks get bought for a million. You're going to tell me, like, I'm not willing to throw in $2 million. Again, bro, I feel like, I feel like we're million. doing the same thing. Like, it's like, 
it's just not for Brogdon, man. I, I feel like you want Brogdon on the team. Like that's what that's why you're willing to do it. It's just someone I'm not. I don't. I I wouldn't give the second round picks up for him. That's all I'm saying. For Brogdon. That's crazy. That's legitimately crazy. Anyway, <laughs> I, I mean, I can see a world where Brogdon plays less than sixty games. He's he's on the he's on the decline, right? Like, he, he, I know we're saying he's in his prime, but like, I mean, ah. you, you still give up Randall for Brogdon, though, right? Yeah, right, so, I do so, a straight right, swap. I mean, I, I get what Nafi's saying though. If you're willing to give up Randall for Brogdon, you have to assume in your head. Why? Well, just give gonna, up the two picks. Give up two. Let's let's say two three million dollars. You're going to add two three million dollars into the deal you with Randall give up something to, in get, negotiation. to get to right. get Brogdon. I get you. With I that, see with, you know, from. with that said, I I get what he's saying, and I would do that. You know what I mean? Like I I would I would do the Randall and two two second round picks for Brogdon. If yeah, I'm just saying is like if we're in a negotiation and we're like, yo, Julius for Brogdon, and he's like, nah, then like, all right, deal over. We're not going to throw anything else in. The second round picks are literally for these moments where there's that's like a fucking. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. No, I'm a, no, I get all, you. I get yeah, you. That's what I'm saying. No, no, I get all, where you're coming from. I think again. I think one second round picture, two second round picks. That, like use it. But I get. I get what you're saying. You're like, oh, one more second round pick, but then it goes to, oh, why not add another one? Oh, so let's say they say no to the two second round picks. What you're gonna say? Three second round picks right there. You're gonna be like, I'm gonna add a third one. Fuck we're it, gonna keep because they're second round picks, bro. But that's what I'm saying. We're just gonna keep going up from here. Then you gotta you gotta keep some assets to do stuff with, you know, like. So that's on Leon being the negotiator to keep it to and, a reasonable price. And exactly. And and I my, feel like, no, 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 no. Time out. My point is a reasonable price is if a reasonable reasonable price for me is two to three seconds or even more because seconds are nothing. Literally, right. I, barely I, I, nothing. I feel like Leon, like the way we've seen our our front office maneuver, they seem pretty cheap. I don't think they're just going to, like, give up. They're not up. cheap. They're pragmatic because we threw in a second for right. Cam Reddish, did we? We threw in a first, second, and Nev- Kevin Knox for Cam Reddish. Right, right. Which was kind of out of character but, to but, that point of what the But Cam Reddish is did. also a player that, like, again, he's a kind of like a mystery box where people are kind of interested. Like, I'm watching, like, I'm looking on Rockets Twitter. People are going, like, yeah, I want Cam Reddish on my team. Like, I just feel like Brogdon's more f- a better fit for, play- like, teams like, the Lakers and whatnot, where you already have an established team that's trying to make it over something. Where I feel like Brogdon, what what does he add to the Knicks? Like, yes, he, he definitely will. Make the, he definitely <laughs> does make the move, team better. Let's move but on. Let's move on. It's been almost a half an hour. We're circling around the same thing. I'm sure half the people have tuned out already. <laughs> we got we got we got more shit to talk about. I think we're no. Nah, they're probably just like second round picks. Really not. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, two more opinions. The Knicks hired two new scouts. One Tim Hardaway, which. I'm still shocked to say that he just magically appeared as now a Knicks scout, Knicks scout, and he's not willing to wear any Knicks gear, which, you know what, I can respect that. Um, and the other guy is a former uh, Nike executive. His name was Vince. What the fuck was his name? Vince uh, Baldwin. Baldwin, who was – that's actually a really interesting hire because these Nike guys, they get, they get connects to all these high school and young college players because they're trying to seek out deals with them and try to lock them in early the way NBA scouts do to try to get those players in early. But I think – even these brands get them earlier and they have more opportunity to talk to them, get to know them because you, you don't have, you can join more than one deal. So uh, I think that's a, that's a chess move on, on the Knicks front office. I like it. Um, and it comes at a time when, you know, the draft is, is rapidly approaching and the Knicks are trying to figure out how to, how to be clever with the way they pick their, pick their guys. So do you two have more insight on, on these scouts and, you know, more information all, on it because I thought I'd give you a breakdown of NBA scouts. I would, but I, could, I, I honestly I didn't even know we hired two new scouts until you guys <laughs> mentioned it. But I will say, like the Knicks front office has been elite in terms of all these guys they're adding to their like 
their round table of guys. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Steve Stout. I know he's not like a big, big name, but in terms of branding, the Knicks have been doing a much better yeah, job a big there. Name in the hip-hop world. Yeah, you know, yeah. For, for branding. Then you got That's World huge. Wide West. Walt yeah. Perrin is great. Brock Aller has been great. So I feel like they know, like, uh, one thing we can say about Leon Rose and West, like, maybe they're not, maybe they're not constructing the best roster, but in terms of their team of guys who are, Building towards that roster, they're doing a phenomenal yeah. job. So I, I'm yeah, sure these guys will help. Leon is definitely living up to his reputation as a savvy recruiter. Like, exactly. When it comes to, like, yeah. front office. Because y'all seen little reports of, like, Gerson Rosas? He was, like, him and, like, Tibbs were mad cozy watching the prospects together. Like, they were, like, the two guys that were just, like, really sitting together watching these prospects at the combine and shit. And um, one cool note, though, in that, uh, I think it was that, that report about us hiring Vince Baldwin. They said, uh. You know, this goes to the whole idea of us hiring Leon for his connections. Leon apparently worked with this guy mad times in CAA to help negotiate shoe deals for uh, his clients. You know what I mean? So, it's uh, it's dope to keep it in the family. I mean, I got nothing else to say about it. You know what I mean? That's it. And uh, <clears throat> moving on to tonight's game, the Eastern Conference Finals Game 3. We got Miami and Boston. Uh, Boston won Game 2. And uh, we're seeing reports now that there is a good chance that Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker are back tonight. So, Faiz, starting with you, is uh, these two guys coming back going to make a huge difference in the end result? Um, I mean, it, a huge difference in terms of, you know, they got blown out the last game. So, I don't I don't think the Heat will get blown out again. But I, I, I've, I've been a little bit biased towards the Celtics. I just, I like their roster a little bit more. And, I think this is another thing me and Nafi are always like kind of like butting heads on. He's like much more big. He's bigger on Jimmy Butler than I am. Yes, but sir. man, Jimmy Butler's been proving it recently. So it's 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 tough to say. But I still think the Celtics come out. I don't really think PJ Tucker and Kyle Lowry make a huge difference just because Kyle Lowry feels like he's been a non-factor in a lot of these games at, at this age. Where what is he like thirty six now? He's he's kind of yeah. like. He's, he's kind of on the older end, so he, he's just not the Kyle Lowry that he used to be. But that being said, I don't know. It's possible that Kyle Lowry comes in in, in a playoff series and all of a sudden just turns it on, you know? Like, I, I still go with the Celtics, though. What about, what about you, Nafi? Uh, I'm still putting it on Miami in six, and I'm going to go the opposite way. I think Lowry, even if, like, there's been some moments where he hasn't really looked like himself, I still feel like he's a huge help to Miami. Just because when you're facing a defense as elite at Boston, you got to have as many high IQ shooters, playmakers as possible. Passers, Lowry yeah. is that, you know what I mean? And at the very least, he's also a bulldog defensively. I mean, we saw it with the with the Hawks series and Trey Young. So I definitely feel like... Drawing charges and whatnot. Exactly, yeah. So I definitely feel like him coming in will be a big help. And it'll take pressure off of Jimmy. Just because, like, he did it in game one. He put on, like, a Herculean Superman effort to really... Put the put Boston away, but then like in game two, obviously they was down. They kind of came back, and then they still lost the game. You know what I mean? So he needs kind of more help. I don't think Tyler Hero has really showed up. Bam's kind of been offensively like a zero. You know what I mean? So just having like Lowry there, if not if if it won't help Butler, it'll at least help these other players that do need help getting their shots. You know what I mean? So that's my takeaway. I just feel like that veteran experience and like that championship experience Kyle you know Lowry brings is major and. I think him and, like, Butler are, like, best buds, too. So just having, mm. like, Jimmy having somebody out there that he could trust is going to go a long way. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my takeaway, at that's, least. That's going to be huge for them, especially uh, with, with Lowry's capability opening up the floor. He's coming back from a hamstring injury, so he always got to watch out for it. But I think in the playoffs, there's a different level of adrenaline that hits a player that they don't feel any injuries while they're playing or they just simply ignore it. Um, they're gonna. I think they're playing in Boston tonight, so it's not going to be easy for Miami. But – it's hard to root against these Boston Celtics, man. I, I hate I hate it so much to say it, but Boston 
probably pick your poison Boston. though, man. Is is Miami and Boston the two yeah, teams no, that Boston is much more hateable? Much, than me, Boston so I don't is know much more hateable. Y'all talking about? I I just hated. Y'all talking? I hated about? Miami for a couple of years because because the whole LeBron and and D Wade and Chris Bosh. Well, we all did. That was exactly. Well, at least for me, that was more but LeBron Boston, than Miami. I don't I don't know any Boston fans. I know mad Miami fans. That's the only reason <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Boston. Like that. I want yeah, to watch my Miami Heat fans. Yeah, I'm saying all my the Boston fans, fans were in Charlottesville back in 2017. Oh, dead. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, the Boston hate runs real deep for me, but I think, you know, from the four teams remaining, Boston might have the best kind of team set up for for a finals win. Who knows? More than the Warriors, bro? We could pivot to Possibly. that series. Possibly. They, they, I think the Celtics have, like, a better roster build, but the Warriors just got the championship DNA, man. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. how much were they down in that Mavs game? They were down, like, 19. Came back and won convincingly. Yeah. Forget. Yeah. Like, and it's not like anyone really had, like, a 40. Like, you know, on the Mavs side, Luka has, like, 40, 50 points. Nobody on the Warriors. Like, they all did great. I think Steph had, like, 26, something like that. Pool. Yeah, yeah, it was a collective effort. Poole had, like, 19. Clay Kevin Thompson. Looney. 20 and 10. Apparently, the first time he scored 20 since UCLA, bro. Yo, what? <laughs> That's crazy. He he hasn't scored 20 in the NBA. Like, That's crazy. I don't even think he's, he scores 20 in pickup games. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> so like, yo. I mean, we've been waiting for some teams to at least, you know, after these last two matchups, to at least take advantage of Dallas's like, small ball, like, tendencies. Yeah. They could, Gobert couldn't do it. DeAndre Ayton couldn't do it because I guess he was half checked out. And he wanted he was focused on the bag this summer. But Kevin Kevon Looney did this shit. You know what I mean? What does that say about just Ayton and Gobert, and also just like the value of big men? Because it goes to the whole Mitch conversation we have like every episode, right? I guess that kind of like moves you. I, I'm still want to pay Mitch, but it almost kind of moves you away from the idea of paying him paying Mitch just because like yo Kevon Looney's like on a minimum deal or some shit, like super cheap, and he's out there like. Obviously, he has the playmakers that get, yeah. you know, he has Steph, exactly. Clay, Draymond. Obviously, it's a whole different case, but, like, I don't know, bro. It, it's, it's interesting. Centers like, aren't as valuable as they used to be. That, that's I mean, yeah, you've like, been saying that, so <laughs> hat tip to you. Hat tip to you. But also, by the way, like, uh, the, the centers aren't as useful in the in the playoffs, like in the regular season, which is a huge reason we should, the Knicks should think about keeping Mitch. They help in the regular season marathon, mm-hmm. but we're seeing in the playoffs, like, Steven Adams, literally played game one against the Warriors and didn't play the rest. They played Brandon Clark. And you're seeing a lot more of those fours shift over to the five because small ball lineups. And that's why I think the Warriors are so scary, man. They're the reason that that got shifted. They're the reason we're seeing these small ball lineups be so important in the playoffs. So, Yeah, I mean, last night's game, I was actually – I'm kind of sort of rooting for Luka now. I used to it's, – it's new for me because, you know, now that KP's traded, I can actually finally root for Dallas again. Um, Reggie Bullock, Fred Nilakina. Yeah. And, yes, uh, like, now that now that we're not really seeing LeBron, like, dominate teams anymore, and I don't think anyone has really taken on that mantle, I think Luke has a really good shot at being that guy to play on a mediocre team but elevating them to heights that only LeBron James, prime LeBron James could do. I'm kind of rooting to see, you know, Luca be that guy. You know, you know what I mean. Like it's it's been a couple of years since we've seen a player who's been able to do that. I thought Giannis could have done that, but Boston, you know, uh, you know, knocked him out. And uh, you know, Luca has a chance. You know, game three tomorrow or the, or the next day to be that guy to continue to carry his team. He's got to keep on dropping at least forty points to keep his team up there. And uh, the you know the rest of his cast needs to keep up. We saw uh, shout out Jalen Brunson drop 30, 31, mm-hmm. 32 points last night. Um, step it up, and he's gonna get the bag this summer. And uh, but no, nah, I, I I'm hoping Luca, 
you know, continues to perform the way he's doing. Cause it's crazy seeing what he's doing. He moves so slow, yet he still drops buckets. It's it's so crazy to see. I, I got a question for you guys though. Um, if if the Mavs get swept by the Warriors, do you guys feel any different about this like like Luca run right now that he's had in the not playoffs? At, all. at least not me personally. No, not at all. Same. No, I, I think I'm the no. same, but I'm just wondering. For them, for them to get into the Western Conference Finals, I don't think anyone thought that that was possible. And the fact that against the Suns against too, the Suns 64 too. win team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how I'm seeing is the Mavs aren't even supposed to be here. If we're kind of looking at like the ma- the playoffs and the odds, they were underdogs a two straight series, mm-hmm. pretty much, right? And I know the Jazz were kind of dysfunctional, but even then, a lot of pundits were still picking the Jazz. You know what I mean? It was really just that Luca factor, kind of speaking to Mo's point. I mean, shit, bro. You, I mean, I had a whole Luca rant on the last episode, so y'all know how I feel. I just my bold prediction was he's going to have, like, the equivalent of his LeBron 25 points against Detroit Pistons moment in this conference finals, and I'm still holding on to it. I still feel like we, we're going to get a moment like that. You know what I mean? I thought it was going to happen last night where, like, you know, the Warriors are going crazy. Luka just comes. He does, like, his step back three, and, like, he just swish. I'm just like, oh, that. That, uh, that was cold. <laughs> Office hours are open. Businessman is in business. He's about to take <laughs> this shit home. He's about to bring the Dallas back. And then, nope, nah. <laughs> so, you oh, Steph, I got y'all. We, I, I talk about Luca and how much I love his shit talking, but yo, he he did he hit that shot. He said night night and night, he did the go he to sleep, night, bro. Oh, bro. That shit was Woo. that was cold blooded. I love that. Shout out CM Punk. <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> I think there's no there's never any like real there's no highlights in getting swept by a team. But if you're gonna get swept by a team, like at least let it be the Warriors. You know what I'm trying to say? Like at least let it be the there's no shame. The, in it, yeah, no it's shame. it's not great to get swept, but it's 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 the Warriors. You know, like it's it's the team that like literally is is the dynasty. It's it's yeah. not that it's not the worst thing ever. I'm not I'm not holding it against Luca. If anything, I see it more as fuel for him to come back next year and do much better. You know. Exactly. Even Michael Jordan had to get beat up by the Pistons uh, a couple years in a row before he, you know, became Thanos. So, um, yeah, I guess, like, to kind of, I guess, close this uh, Mavs-Warriors talk out, I do want to give credit, like Mo called him out. Jalen Brunson been looking like a very capable number two option. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't know, bro. I- I'm thinking Cuban, billionaire Mark Cuban, might just spend what it takes to keep Jalen because uh, – I don't see how you could explain to Luca like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we let Jalen go, and yeah, we went to conference finals, but look, we have Dinwiddie. I don't see how Cuban could explain that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's my takeaway. I'm just more skeptical. I like Jalen, but I'm more skeptical about the possibility of him joining the Knicks just after like after how well he's balled out. You know what I mean? What, what do y'all think? He's gonna want to stay there too. Why not? If you're going to the conference finals, why would you take why, against a player who might end up being the best player in the game in a year or two in Luka Doncic? Why would you want to pivot away from that? I, I don't see why Jalen would want to leave. Obviously, I wouldn't see why Mark Cuban, Cuban would let him go. If anything, they're going to try to find a third piece to add on to, to that lineup to try to take him to that next level, assuming they're not going to make it you know, to the NBA Finals. So I'm with you on that. Uh, I think I, I think uh, Mark Cuban is going to move the, the sun and the moon to keep Brunson on this team. He really wants him on, but... I think Brunson goes where the money goes. I think he knows. Like, as much, it is definitely great to win. Everyone wants to win. But this money that these players get is generational wealth, you know? So, any opportunity to make these millions of dollars, if, if Mark Cuban and them aren't paying up, I think Brunson will go to the, the higher suitor just because I think, what is he, like 25? Yeah. Like, this is going to be, yeah, this is going to be his biggest contract, you know? So, wherever the money goes, Jalen Brunson goes. And I, if I if I'm... I'm not envying Mark Cuban and that Dallas front office's job right now because Luca's Luca's contract kicks in next year. And I believe they're at about 150 million, so, something like that in uh, 
payroll without Brunson already in there. So they're going to have to figure out how to make it work to keep Brunson. Yeah, bro, I'll, I will envy the fuck out of a billionaire. You, you never know because Mark, Mark Cuban is literally a, like a shark. You know what I mean? Like he he doesn't have to. They'll figure it out. Have if, if to give way, him the contract value, but I'm sure he can open up many, many, many more doors for investment opportunities because they, they these guys make more money outside of their contracts than they do in their own of contract. Course. I mean, shout out shout out KD. He's about to be a billionaire from his from his all from all of his investments from from guys. Yeah, and to that point, like yeah, yeah to that point, his playoff run has really increased Jalen's uh, exactly. Spotlight. Not to interrupt, mm-hmm. but like yeah, to that exactly. Point, yeah. So I, I think I think between Mark Cuban and James Dolan, I mean Mark Cuban got the connects. Oh, I, I don't even just mean the Knicks. I just mean anywhere where the money's right, at. Right. I feel like Brunson will probably end up going, but it's very possible Mark Cuban changes his mind. You know, it's he's Mark Cuban. You know, like I, as much as everyone loves to make fun of the Mavs and make fun of Mark Cuban too, I know him and Lil Wayne had that little beef going on weird after that. Ever. Yeah, it was it was mad they weird. Up. That's Lil <laughs> Wayne for you. Up last night it was weird. That's Lil Made Wayne no for sense. you though. Calling everyone. <laughs> Why was that even a headline, bro? <laughs> yeah. What a what a year twenty twenty two is. But yo. Subtle point to y'all about to to y'all's good point about Jalen chasing the bag and going where the money is. Texas is a no state tax state. You know what I mean? Could make the difference. That, that 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 adds up. So you know, if Mark Mark could be like, yo, I can help you get opportunities. You ain't no state tax here. You playing with Luca? You already home? I don't know. I'm just skeptical on it. I, I I'd love to have Jalen. Same on the same. Team, I know what you, know you mean. mean. But yeah, but I I don't think Jalen like it doesn't look like Jalen Brunson's gonna end up being a Nick. Yeah. All right. Well. It was fun while it lasted. All right. Uh, any final points to cap off this episode? Second round picks mean nothing. Right. No. <laughs> 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 uh, with the NBA draft on June 23rd, we're going to start you know, throwing in more draft topics in the, in the upcoming episodes, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. We're going to start talking about prospects that the Knicks should look into, possible trades that the Knicks can make, maybe move, maybe trade up or trade down. I mean, if we get the 25th pick, we know we're good. So if the Knicks somehow get the 25th pick again, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get something good. So anyway, uh, make sure you guys check out the website, nick-ish.com. Get yourself a hat and hoodie today. Keep a, keep an eye out. We got more shit along the way. Uh, make sure you rate this podcast five stars on Spotify and iTunes and subscribe on SoundCloud and all podcasting platforms. Uh, again, we appreciate you guys checking out this episode of Nickish. Make sure you tune in next time. Take care. Peace. Peace. Peace.